Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of So Married a Horror Fan. I am your host Simon. And I'm Lee. And yay! It's another John Carpenter film. Uh, it's May, it's John Carpenter month, it continues to roll on. Uh, we hope everyone's enjoying this wonderful, wonderful month of May. Did you know, we are nearly halfway through this year. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I don't like it and I don't want to engage with it. And I don't want to think that soon people are going to start talking about the C word. So I don't want to think about that. Because we've not even had summer yet. But you start talking about the C word, you lunatics. Um, anyway, we are here once again with another glorious episode. Uh, as always, just want to say up top, thank you everyone for that continue, for the continued support that you guys have been showing us. The continued love. Even in spite of the uh, terrible social media algorithms. You know, people are still finding the episodes and people are still showing us love, so we appreciate that. Um, before we get into the film that we're discussing this week and how we're going to roll on for Big JC Month, um, I'm going to announce what we are doing next month for you all, because it's about that time. We're about halfway through the month. So you guys want to know what we're doing in June. So June, we are doing Zombies Month, which is going to be glorious. Uh, we are kicking off on the 2nd of June with our 5x5 on our top 5 horror Mean Girls. Spoiler alert, we recorded this episode in February. I have no idea who the fuck is on my list anymore. I couldn't tell you. I think I think this month's one, next month's one, August's one and September's one, we all recorded back in February. We just yeah. did like a bulk record of them all. So I couldn't tell you what any of my picks are anymore. No. So I'm going to be just as shocked as everybody else when that episode drops. Um, on the 5th of June, our first proper episode for Zombies Month, we are going to be looking at the 2004 Rom-Zom-Com, Shaun Rom of the Dead. Uh, on the 12th of June, we will be taking a trip to Zombieland. Also, technically, I guess, kind of a Rom-Zom-Com. Nah, dog. Uh, on the 16th of June, we will be crossing the stream and we will be looking at the 2021 remake of Slumber Party Massacre. Sure. Uh, on the 19th of June, we are going to be looking at 28 Days Later. Mm -hmm. uh, not to be confused with the Sandra Bullock Coaster Rehab movie. 28 Days. I'm sure there's a Big Bang Theory joke about that, where they get the movie confused and they think that she's gone into rehab because of the zombie apocalypse. Um, and then on the 26th of June, we will be talking about Warm Bodies. <laughs> uh, a movie I haven't seen, I don't think, since it came out. I, I haven't seen it in years. I remember seeing it. I remember... Because um, I remember watching it when it came out. I remember buying it on Blu-ray. Uh, and then I don't think I've watched it since. And it came out about 10 years ago. I think we're actually covering it for the 10th anniversary of it. Um, and I always think, weirdly, and like it's weird because she is in another one of the movies that we're covering next month. I always think that Amber Heard is the chick that's in no, Warm it's, Bodies. Uh, Tess. It's Teresa Palmer. Because um, they kind of look similar. Don't, um, don't you dare do Teresa Palmer like that. Um, and like, obviously, when Zombieland came out, it was around the time like. All the boys love Mandy Lane finally coming out and all that shit. So I always think, for some bizarre reason, that she's the one that's in Warm Bodies, but she's not. She's the one in, like, five minutes of Zombieland. Um, and it's got the chick, the chick in uh, Warm Bodies, who plays Teresa Palmer's mate, is the chick from uh, Crazy Stupid Love, who's the babysitter who's in love with Steve Carell. Mm. Uh, she's uh, also in that movie. Yeah, so next month, we're looking at zombies. Zombies, 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 more zombies, and then just a couple more in uh, zombies although technically three three zombie movies and a rage virus movie yes uh you know i've never actually seen 28 days later controversially i've seen the second one the one that's got robert carlyle in it and jeremy renner how have you seen weeks but not days i don't know man um i don't know I think 28 days later is one of those movies i tried to watch it i started watching it and then i just pieced out um, so it's nice to finally actually get to watch it. Although today, again, it's a nice little bonus. We're actually covering, for the first time in a while, I say that, it is the first time in a while, yeah. It no, is. it's not. Last uh, last film in April you hadn't seen either. Yeah, you don't know what I'm about to say though, so you just jumped the gun. 
I was like, for the first time in a while, there's not a new release. We're actually covering a movie that we both haven't seen. Because uh, it's been a while. Uh, I, was trying to think, I was actually trying to think of the last March. movie. Because um, March was first watches. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a couple of months. Because we did, like, Blood Diner and Frighteners and that weird. Mm-hmm. Fucking March was so long ago, man. Mm-hmm. I forgot that we did. So, yeah, today we are covering Prince of Darkness. Not the Megadeth song. Mm. Not the Alice Cooper song. And not Ozzy Osbourne. The 1987, or if you live in the UK, 1988 film by John Carpenter. I'm not going to lie, when you suggested doing this film, I thought it was a vampire film. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, (laughs) So, like, do your thing, get your phone out, flip it over. Flip it over. This is sad one, flip me over. Oh, see, my brain went to Missy Elliott, so... What? When you said flip it over, my brain went to Missy Elliott. You could tell, like, but they did do a song together. Fall Out Boy and Missy Elliott did do a song together. So, did they? Tenuous Link. Yeah, they did the. For Ghostbusters 2016. I'd say it really quiet, quietly. But they did the theme song for Ghostbusters 2016. I yeah. am afraid. Right, well then, so Prince of Darkness, uh, written and directed by John Carpenter, obviously. Well, written by Martin Quartermass, technically. Who is John Carpenter's pseudonym for this? So it was still written by John. Yeah, Carpenter. but he's not credited as John Carpenter. He's credited as Martin Quartermass for some reason. Do you know what? Just don't be a pedantic, pedantic. Oh. Hey, look, man, I'm doing it so that nobody else on the internet does it. Stop being a pedantic little prick just for one day, mate. She so wanted to call me a cunt. Then she had the she had the word cunt I in her eyes. I did have a cunt. <laughs> I was literally just going to tell you stop being a cunt. <laughs> I love the fact that you went. I did have a cunt, which implies that you no longer have one. <laughs> You said it free. <laughs> I did, I released it into the wild. You released it into the cunt farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cast-wise in this film, so we've got Donald Pleasance as uh, The Priest, Jameson Parker as Brian Marsh, Victor Wong as Professor Howard... Burek? Burek, yeah. Burek. Uh, Lisa Blount as Catherine Danforth, Dennis Dunn as Walter, Susan Blanchard as Kelly, Anne-Marie Howard as Susan Cabot, Anna Yen as Lisa, Ken Wright as Lomax, Dirk Blocker as Mullins, Jesse Lawrence Ferguson as Calder, Peter Jason as Dr. Paul Lee, uh, Robert Grasmere as Frank Windham, Tom Brady as Etchinson, uh, Joanna Merlin as Bag Lady, Alice Cooper as Street Schizo, and Betty Ramey as Nun. She's credited as none. I don't know which of the three nuns she is, but she is a nun. That's the entire cast list, by the way. I just didn't stop going. Um, so, film was made on a budget of $3 million. Sounds about right for Carpenter. It does, and gross worldwide made dollars why did you say it like that in some weird accent? Uh, I think it's more force of habit. I've broke myself of doing it, but it's a, it's from Drag Race. Oh. Uh, Plotline wise, a group of graduate students and prof- and scientists uncover an ancient canister. Oh, hang on. Oh, shit. No, don't do that. Fuck me. <sighs> Sorry, I clicked a button. Things went awry. We're fine. A group of graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church, but when they open the container, they inadvertently unleash a strange liquid and an evil force on all humanity. Yeah, but not really. They don't find the canister. They are taken to the canister by the church, and they don't open it. Uh So that, that summary, IMDb, is not helpful, nor is it true. Teenage Mutant Ninja Satan, The Secret of the Use. Yeah, pretty much. There we go. That's my bit done. Mate, uh, yeah, I've never seen this movie. This is the second part in uh, John Carpenter's um, Apocalypse Apocalypse Trilogy. Trilogy. We have now covered all three of the Apocalypse Trilogy. We will talk about the Apocalypse Trilogy later. Um, So I've never seen this movie. This is like my... I think I said this last week. This is like my one... Carpenter blind spot in like his horror movies because there's like a bunch of his other movies that I've never seen like I've never seen his Elvis movie and like there's someone watching me and stuff like that you hadn't watched Big Trouble in Little China until we got together yeah but I have now seen it which like 
weirdly, Big Trouble in Little China is kind of responsible for this movie being made the way it is. Yeah, because Big Trouble bombed so bad. Yeah. So, like, Carpenter had, like, a sweet little run. Like, from, like, Halloween. He did, like, Halloween, The Fog. He did, like... I think in that period, he may... I can't remember when a sort of Precinct 13 is, whether it's pre-Halloween or post-Halloween, but he did, like, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York. He had a nice little run going on, like, Christine, The Thing... And then he did, and then he did Big Trouble in Little China, which admittedly, it's a great film, is a really fucking weird movie. It's great, like then. I've seen it once. I bought it on Blu-ray. We have it on Blu-ray. Like, and I couldn't really tell you what that movie is about. It's about Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Like that's literally what the film is about. But there's like <laughs> there's like some fucking sorcerers, yeah. and there's like some shit going on, and Kim Cattrall's there, and like anyway, we're not here to talk about that. That movie bombed, like, and then Carpenter basically just went fuck movie studios, like I'll do this on my own, and we'll see what happens. And then, as he put it, this movie died a swift death in the cinema, and he cut. But then, like a lot of John Carpenter's movies, people have discovered it on like VHS, Laserdisc, Blu-ray, DVD, like. Someone's cool uncle had it and then was like, hey man, you need to see this movie. Which is, I kind of like, I kind of feel like that's the John Carpenter, like, genre of movies. Is your uncle's got it on bootleg from like 30 years ago. Yeah, like either a cool uncle has it or your parents had it. Or or my husband's just like, you need to watch this film, babe. Or like an older mate had it. Mm. And I feel like that's how a lot of people discovered John Carpenter's work. Um, I can't remember the first John Carpenter. I think Christine was the first. I think I said that in our Christine episode. I think Christine was the first John Carpenter movie I saw. Uh, I'm pretty confident to stand by this. Is mine was Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think that's why I love Christine so much. But yeah, this is a weird... This is a, another weird movie. And like in his filmography, this sits in like a weird place as well. Because it comes after Big Trouble, which is following like The Thing and Christine and all that lot. And then it's pre-They Live. Like, the movie he does after this is They Live. Mm. Um, so it's in this, like, weird pocket of itself of, like, everybody knows Big Tr- Trouble and everybody loves Big Trouble now. And, like, everybody knows They Live because They Live is the I came to, ki- like, kick ass and chew bubblegum and all that bubblegum movie. So everybody knows that. But, like, not a lot of people... Like, not a lot of people, like, in the mainstream talk about Prince of Darkness... Loads of fucking people I know talk about Prince of Darkness. I saw a post about this movie like two days ago because of like it coming out in the UK. And like when I talked about like bumping up my Carpenter collection, the first thing people were like, were like, have you seen Prince of Darkness? Are you getting it? And I was like, yes, no. Um, So I didn't really know what to expect from this movie. But holy shit, this is a John Carpenter movie. Like in every sense of the word. Um... I'm going to start, like, with your thoughts on it, like I do every episode. What did you think of this movie? It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. Like, that's not me being, like, I don't like it. But, like, just straight up, it is a strange film. But I think if we've learned anything about my love of how I feel about John Carpenter is that I like his weird shit. Yeah. I like it when his movies are odd. Uh, I think, as shown by my two favourite John Carpenter movies, which are probably... Two of the strangest. What big trouble in the, in the mouth of madness? Yeah, because neither of those are particularly normal. Yeah, like I, I think this is why people love John Carpenter. Like for all of like his like, yeah, we like Escape from New York, and we like, you know, the big characters that he created with like Kurt Russell, like you know Jack Burton and all that sort of stuff. I think when he goes off the beaten path and he does like really fucking weird esoteric like nightmarish shit. That's when I think he's at his best. Like, don't get me wrong, an argument could be made for, like, Escape from New York, Assault on Precinct, like, his more action-driven movies being, like, some of his best. But, yeah, I think I think when he wants to go down this weird, like, everything's fucked, the apocalypse is coming, cosmic shit is happening, like, that's when he's at his best. Mm-hmm. But, like, what did you what did you think about the story in this movie? So I was mostly confused to begin with because I honestly did think this was gonna be a vampire film. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like even though you told me, I think you'd meant you like it's about like the devil. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it's a vampire film because Prince of Darkness just lends itself to being a vampire film. Yeah, it does sound like which is weird because like John Carpenter said that this was inspired by Hammer Horror, and it does sound like some weird fucking Christopher Lee vampire mm-hmm. movie. 
So yeah, I was kind of expecting it to be a vampire film. And then I just didn't really know what to make of it. Because I was like, this is already odd. And then Alice Cooper showed up. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, first there's fucking Ivan Ooze's sparrows just like lounging around. <laughs> and then fucking Alice Cooper, Mr. We're Not Worthy himself, pops up. I love how like generationally you can tell like both of our references for like <laughs> ooze in a movie. Like I went with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you went with Power fucking Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, and I was just a little bit like, what the fuck is happening? And obviously, like, you get, like, the sprayed in the face with the ooze, mm-hmm. which is a really weird sentence. And you get, like, possessed. And I was like, what is fucking going on? Although, now that I'm thinking about it, is the Power Rangers movie a low-key remake of this for kids? Yeah. Because isn't that, isn't that what fucking happens? Like, it's been a minute since I saw that Power Rangers movie, the first one. But isn't that basically what happens in the Power Rangers movie? No. Like, no, 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 like, Ivan Ooze turns up, yeah. the Ooze is there, and then, like, all the adults get possessed, right? Yeah, he, like, mind-controls the grown-ups. So I wasn't, like, I wasn't too no, far no, no, away. No, 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 but, like, he just basically mind-controls them into, like, killing themselves. It's a really dark film for what is essentially a kid's movie. And, like, Ivan Ooze is working for or with Rita Repulsa, or is he working for Lord Zed? Because Lord Zed's in that movie, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's... I don't know if he's working for or with, but, like, Lord Zed is there. It's been a while since I saw Cause it. Because they, like, dig up his egg. They're building, like, doing a fucking, like, building I or something. I think they're trying to bring Lord Zed back. Yeah, but, like, they they, they disrupt Ivan Ooze because they're doing, like, a fucking... Oh, yeah, they're building something. In yeah, Angel like a high-rise or some shit. And they... Much like with everything. They accidentally find his egg underground. accidentally disturb. Because that's how they fucking ended up with Rita coming back. Yeah. Is they fucking interrupted the space dumpster, didn't they? Where she mm-hmm. is. I'd like, as with every fucking Power Rangers villain. Sorry, this has really got off, off topic, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, so they kind of disturb his egg and then he comes back. And I think he's trying to like get Lord, to let Lord Zed or something. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched Power Rangers. It's been Rangers. a minute. The movie. <laughs> Because the movie's the one... So by the time the movie rolls around, Tommy's become the White Ranger, right? He's become... He's not the Dragon Ninja anymore. He's the fucking Tiger Ninja or some shit. Yeah. And they all go to that fucking island. Because he's the Green Ranger to begin with. And he's actually evil and he's working for Rita Repulsa. Yeah. As we found out from that quality TikTok that we watched after Jason Allen and Jason David Frank died. It was fantastic. And then, yeah, and then he becomes a White Ranger. I swear he's the Red Ranger for a little bit, but yeah. I don't think he actually is. I think my brain's just always like, he was Because they go to that fucking island in this one and they're all dressed like ninjas, aren't they? And they have to, like, recalibrate their chi or some shit. Yeah, and then in the... Because in the second one, Zordon dies. Mm-hmm. And they have to go to the island again to go and save him. Yeah. They go to the island of Nabumbu to go... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, like the Power Rangers movie is kind of a low-key kids remake <laughs> of Prince of Darkness by John Maybe. Carpenter. Are we, are we implying that Ivan Ooze is in fact Satan? Maybe. I mean, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> this this movie would have benefited from having Megazords in it. Take a fucking turn, that. Um, <laughs> talking of Megazords, just briefly while we're on the subject, I'm still super impressed with the fact that Netflix resisted the urge to cgi the megazords in the new film well i mean they and they just straight up did believe it as like shitty 90s graphics yeah they did it like on ms dos paint they yeah like, here like it was like the original ones though because that's what it used to look like i'm not convinced that they didn't use because like i think the... they did use footage from the original power rangers show in the original show they're not cgi they're just like action figures that have been blown up <laughs> Whereas in like, whereas in the movie they are CGI because the Megazord is like CGI because it fights that big giant Ivan Ooze Megazord and it kicks him no, in the I balls. No, the newest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying oh, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they didn't graduate to CGI until they did the movie because, and then like they obviously, I think they may have just used some fucking CGI like offcuts from the movie. Um, because yeah, they do that whole sequence where they fucking kick Ivan Ooze in the balls and he like fucking dies. Yeah. Holy shit, man. It's a funny film. I was ten years old when that movie came out. Cause I used to collect I used to collect Power Rangers stickers. I had the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers sticker book and I had the stickers and me and my friends used to play Power Rangers at school in the playground and our teachers used to try and stop us because they were like, You're inciting violence and I was like I was a lot younger than that, but 
Because I always wanted to be a purple ranger because purple is my favourite colour. I always wanted to be the pink ranger. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Mostly because the pink ranger usually ended up with the red ranger and it was usually the red ranger I had the crush on. Yeah, I don't know who that fucking bitch was in the new one though. Like, I... Because I only ever watched Mighty Morphin, so I had no idea who that fucking pink ranger was in that new... In oh, the, she's in the, the pink thing. ranger from... I think she's Space, from Space. Force or some yeah, shit. Yeah, Power Rangers in Space. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Power Rangers. No, 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 we're, we're not. taken a massive fucking detour. Um, <laughs> we have. Um, but yeah, I so... If anybody has seen the Power Rangers movie, the Mighty Morphin one, do you guys agree that it is a low-key remake of Prince of Darkness, but for kids? And also how badass is Ivan Von Ooze? Ivan Ooze is a, is a ledge. Do you remember when fucking uh, X-Men... I don't know why my brain's always says Ivan Von Ooze, and it's not, it's just Ivan Ooze. Mate, do you remember when fucking the X-Men Apocalypse movie came out, and everyone was like, fucking Oscar Isaac looks like Ivan Ooze? <laughs> and there's just those fucking memes of him looking like Ivan Ooze. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the like I think the real genius of this movie is not the Power Rangers movie. I'm back to Prince of Darkness. But it's Prince Darkness. I think the real genius of this movie, and I think this is why Carpenter's such a fucking legend anyway, is that in lesser hands, they would have cracked that fucking thing open, and like you'd have seen the fucking devil in this movie like halfway through. Oh yeah. And like I love I love Carpenter. I love, this is why I think Carpenter's a real one. Like, he never shows Satan in, like, his human form. Like, you see his hand. Yeah. And you see, like, those shadowy figures in the doorway. Because, like, he does some really weird fucking handheld, like, news camera real footage in this movie, which I think is really cool. Of, like, when you see the silhouette in, like, the church doorway. And you see all the fucking the fog machine behind him. And they're all doing the, they're like, blah, 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 like, speaking in tongues shit. But yeah, I like I do like the idea that Satan's presence is felt in this movie, mm-hmm. but you never actually fucking see him. Yeah. And it's really cool. Like it's a really cool way of like representing Satan in a movie or the devil or whatever you want to call, fucking call him Biel's about. Um That's in a movie glorious. without actually ever showing him. And like this is the thing. Like and this is what I love about like representations of like Satan because obviously the name Prince of Darkness comes from the greatest poem about the big man himself. It comes from uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost, which our cat is a big fan of. Um, he is, that is true. And, like, sa- the Satan's greatest power, much like God, but, like, the Uno reverse version of it, mm. is, like, his influence. Like, people are influenced by God in the same way that people are influenced by Satan. Like, he is the snake talking in people's ears. Like, he is the great influencer. Like... And I think that's well. It depends on it depends on which which part of the Bible you subscribe to, because I do actually believe that the the serpent in the Garden of Eden isn't actually Satan. It's it is another demon. Mm. Dave. Dave. Dave the demon. Dave. I oh, know it's only because I've heard it referenced a few times where it's not actually like Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's someone else, but I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, see, I have this weird thing with this view, right, of like Satan tempting people. Because A, we're just making his job a bit harder. Do you know what I mean? Like if I was in charge of running hell, I would not, I'd be like, don't tempt anybody. I don't want to have to do extra work. Yeah. And also like... There's also this idea that, like, Satan is evil, the embodiment of evil. Now, God put Lucifer in charge of hell, Samael in charge of hell, who's Lucifer. So why would God put somebody who's evil in charge of punishing sinners? It all depends on which, um, again, which religion you subscribe to, because Samael is completely different in, like, uh, Jewish religion. Mm. But in the Bible, it's Samael yeah, yeah, yeah. gets cast from heaven and, and becomes And then you've got Lucifer. Lilith and all that sort of jazz. Mm. Um, the thing is, like, my... Yeah, I have, a whole, I have a whole thing about the betrayal of Satan in media. Without, without getting too religious, because that's not what we do on this podcast, but it's kind of hard to talk about a religious-themed film without getting a little bit religious. And I just want to point out at this point, for anybody that may get offended by this, like, these are our own thoughts and feelings, so, like, take them as they are intended. Like, I've always considered, like, the two schools of thought. So, like, every, like, if you speak to a Christian person or, like, a Catholic person, I mean, Christian, 
Christianity and Catholicism are slightly different, but they have kind of some of the similar there's ideals. A, there's a very similar ideals, but yeah. Like, the, the belief is that, like, you should behave a certain way, like, in God's image and in God's eye. Like, God sets out a list of rules for, like... Mm-hmm. Basically, God treats people like human sims. Or, as John Constantine says in Constantine, God is a kid with an ant farm. Yeah. Like, he just goes, right, you guys can all live in this area that I've built as long as you live by, like, these essential guidelines. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, kind of seems a little bit like living in servitude. He kind of goes, you guys can have free will, but you can't do, like, X, Y, and Z. So, like, he kind of wants people to live by their own, like, free will, but within a certain set of parameters. Mm. So he's basically just nerfed human beings. Mm. Whereas, like, I never really kind of understood this idea of, like, Satan being evil. And this is what I think about, like, this is why I find the Satanic Bible to be so fucking fascinating. And, like, Satanism to be so interesting. (laughs) Is that they kind of just want people to live by their own, like, natural... Yeah. Like... So, I always find it interesting, because Satanism is kind of a misnomer, because Satanists don't worship Satan. In fact, the majority of Satanists don't believe in God or They don't believe in evil or... Yeah. Uh, it's basically... It, it, it was a, it's a very combative name. Yeah. On purpose, because they are the... Very much the antithesis... Antithesis? Anti- antithesis. Antithesis of the church yeah it's put yourself first. it's a marketing strategy like let's yeah. be honest but like, as it says in the opening of the levian satanic bible mm-hmm. satan is the best friend the church ever had yeah but like satanists believe that man is governed by his own laws like they have a thing in the bible in their own satanic bible that the says like satanic can they're like they're like obviously man can... uh, the 11 satanic keys i think yeah it's, it's like man should never harm animals like man should like so basically, they have kind of a similar thing, but it's like yeah. you the know. whole thing, the whole point of Satanism. I think it's one of probably one of the only religions that I like honestly could go eh, to is put yourself first, don't hurt other people, but if they hurt you, yeah, man, man is his return own, it. Man is his own island. Man should be treated as such. Like yeah. you are responsible for your own actions, but don't be a dick. Basically, yeah. is what they say, and that's kind of why I find it really hilarious that people think that like. Satan is evil. I'm like, no, he just wants people to live free and he wants people to live their lives as they see fit and as their natural instincts (sighs) tell them to, other like outside of committing evil crimes, obviously. Yeah, see, I always found it really interesting with stuff like that. And I realise we haven't quite off off topic here, but yeah, like the idea of the. It's kind of the religious idea of Satan being the tempter. Yeah. Like, he's the one whispering in your ear to tell you to do something evil. Mm-hmm. It just seems odd to me. Mm-hmm. Because why would the man who is in charge of punishing, or the being, I guess, I'm like the man in charge of it, my old mate, um, tempt you to do those things? It seems like odd, especially if he is, as the Bible dictates, a fallen angel. Yes. Who apparently fell because he argued with God about free will. He wanted angels to have free will. Yeah. So there's like there's a few different versions yeah. of the story, and then it depends on which version of the Bible you read, which translation of the Bible you read. Because like the stories all change depending on which version mm-hmm. you read, which also irritates me because people will sit there and say this is the word of God, and yeah. I'm like, but it's not. It's the translation of a translation of a translation of a translation. That in all honesty, God didn't write. My my head canon for the story of Lucifer is Paradise Lost. Like to me, that's like the canonical story. Like that's the story that I choose to believe. Yeah, he fell from heaven. Yeah, he basically just went to God. Like God, God created the angels. The angels lived with God. Like God Lucifer, man. Lucifer was God's right hand man. They were buddies. They were bros. They went to the strip club every Friday night, and then God went. Actually, I'm bored of you guys now. Here's this new thing that I've got called humans, and like, damn, I guys now. And Lucifer went, "What the fuck, bro? What about us?" And he went, "You know what, bitch? Down there," and kicked him off. A kick. He Sparta kicked him so, off a rock and basically told him to fuck off. Down a similar, <laughs> down a similar vein. For anyone who has seen the show or read the comic books, the Lucifer comic books by Neil Gaiman. Yes. Um, similar kind of thing. Of he demanded free will. I know the TV show. I haven't read all of the comics. So I don't yeah. quote me on this. But he basically went to God and was like, "You've given humans free will. Yeah. We should get the same rights." Yeah. And um, God kicked him out of heaven. But in actual fact, God gave Lucifer free will, and just never told him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And then there was like God is is bad at parenting. Yeah. Apparently. Then there was the angelic war with like Lucifer and Michael, where they rose up and they led an angelic army like towards. That's like, that, God. that's directly from the Bible. No, they, they fought each other because mm. Michael's the one who cast actually is the one yeah. who cast Lucifer out. And then there was like the big fucking battle in heaven and like all that shit and like hell and. There's Paradise Lost and then there's Paradise Regained, which kind of tells that whole story. And it t- yeah. like, how some fucker hasn't turned this into a movie? How, how someone hasn't done Angelic Lord of the Rings yet? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Someone really um, should because I would pay good money for But that. yeah, I would like... I See, I I love the version of Lucifer that's in I, Lucifer by Glenn, Glenn oh, Duncan. Oh my God, he's so whiny. Where he gets put on earth and has to live as like a human for a day while he's on trial. For like um, so his windy. crimes, and I also love the Cradle of Filth two thousand and three Cradle of Filth record, uh, "Damnation in a Day," which is a partial black metal musical retelling of uh, "Paradise Lost." Oh, me no, I can't do the Eyelids for Lucifer. He's so whiny. Uh, my favorite. Um, we've really gone off 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 base here, but my favorite like. Uh, version of Lucifer, like from literature, is uh, Anne Rice actually. Mm-hmm. Her um, Memnock the Devil, which is uh, basically the devil trying to hire Lestat to be his right hand man, yeah, is heartbreakingly sad. Also, I want to know when they like glowed my man down because, like, if you look at pictures of him, so there's that really fucking famous uh painting that's on the cover of like Paradise Lost mm-hmm. that Lex Luthor has in uh. Batman vs Superman. He's like got the golden long hair. He's got the big fucking angel wings. He's got a massive angel dick. And then they went, nah, he's like little and red and he's got horns and lol. I was like, what the fuck? Have you ever heard the story of the sexy Lucifer statues? No, but I, so I'm the, well into it. The church um, commissioned a, an artist to create a statue of Lucifer. And he showed up and he's this hench... Yeah, six because in Paradise Lost gorgeous. they make him look well sexy, like well, sexy no, no, squidward, no, no. gorgeous beefcake of a man. And the church kind of went, mm, "We can't display that. That's not appropriate." So they went to his brother and went, "Could you make us a statue of Lucifer?" Like a couple of months rolls by, and his brother rolls up with a sexier, more beefcake yeah. version of Lucifer. Like he went from looking, he went from looking like a fucking handsome squidward to looking like Gary the Snail. The thing is, I do feel like part of it is there's this misunderstanding as to who is who. Because I think a lot of times when you see like the, the red goat-headed version of mm. um, him, that's not Lucifer. Yeah. That's... Mm, what's his name? He has a name. Mate, I've nearly bought statues of him numerous fucking Baphomet. times. Baphomet. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different... They're all <coughs> technically... People, uh, they interchange them, but obviously there's like <coughs> Baphomet, Belial, Behemoth, yep. Azazel, not Azazel, Asmodeus, Satan, yep. Lucifer. Yeah. They're all technically different. But it's like, so... It's, it's so weird, man, because I like, if you read anything about, like, if you read any books on demonology, they're like, yeah, man, he's well sexy. Like, you can't look him directly in the face because it's like Payman. He'll just get you pregnant. It's like Payman. <laughs> Payman's apparently this dude who rides around on a fucking camel and he's meant to have, like, really effeminate they're looking features. They're though, aren't they? Um, well, Payman hasn't got a gender. Payman, I think, in the demonology book that I read, was described as be as being male but having, like, effeminate features. But nobody seems to really know what he looks like because he's meant to be a trickster. So I'm like, he just rides around on a camel, like, appearing to people, like, however, like... Is it it payment that's, like, the owl riding a camel? Or is that... Is it a different creature? It's a different one. It's an owl riding something. Yeah, payment's described as being... as looking, like, um... Like, really handsome, but, like, kind of effeminate looking. So, like, long hair, like, olive skin, like, really big eyes, like... But no one... Really knows what they allegedly look like. really knows what they look like but obviously like if you summon them they are like they appear to you slightly i think they appear to everybody slightly differently i just love for anyone who hasn't cottoned on by this point uh me and my darling husband are both very much into demonology and satanism well not satanism so much but like the story of like lucifer's fall and stuff we're both super into that shit yeah we do have a collection. I have like multiple copies of Paradise Lost. Like I've, you do. I have about three different copies of that book. 
Yeah, in fact, yeah. I do have three different copies of that you book. You do have three different copies because um, you've got... Two the, hardback copies. Yeah, and you've got the anniversary of the edition I bought you, that illustrated copy we bought, mm-hmm. and then you have the paperback, And then I have the, the paperback I've regained as well. Yeah, and then... Because you're a bit like me. I don't anymore, but you're a little... You're a little with that, a little bit like I was with Dante. Mm-hmm. With them, um, the... Dante's... I want to say it's called Inferno, but it's not. It is Dante's Inferno. Mm, yeah, I guess, but it's a trilogy technically. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the task at hand. Back to the task at hand. So we it, really it, have gone off track. It, it's super interesting in this movie that they portray him as like a mist. Because he's like the ooze, but then like he's kind of like... All... I don't know if he is the ooze though. Because this is where I got a little bit confused. So, because basically it's implied at one point that both Jesus and Satan are aliens. Yeah. Uh, but also that the thing that fell to Earth was not, in fact, either of them, but it was the way that the thing that was the only thing that could summon them. So from what I gather or what I got from the film, Jesus was killed for heresy for coming to Earth as an extraterrestrial and trying to warn the people of Earth that the the tube that was containing the corporeal form of Satan was on Earth. Mm. So the implication in the movie... Is that he is the green shit that is in the tube? And but like, then why do they need? Does the green shit in the tube need to possess somebody for them to pull him out of what? A pa- in all honesty, seems like a mirror dimension. Yeah. So I think I think like the tube contains like a mist version of him, and I think he's trying to possess the people to get them to pull him. Pull his pull his physical form out so it can be reunited with his spirit. Okay. So like the the green shit in the tube is like his spirit, and then his body's just like lying around somewhere, floating around the mirror dimension. Yeah. Doing like whatever, and then JC's just like fucking obviously been killed. But again, like a re- another reinterpretation of JC. Like they're like, yeah, man, JC was an alien, and I'm like, yeah, I could believe it. Like L. Ron Hubbard thinks it. Like fucking. You know, he believes in a space Christ, didn't he? So, um, but yeah, like I, I, that, that, the one part of the movie I do like is the representation of like Satan as like an influencing force as opposed to like an actual human or like an actual physical manifestation. Um, and I do really, I do find that really interesting. Now, the thing that I didn't like about this movie, so there's a lot of shit I do like about this movie. Like, I think this movie is fucking weird as hell. Donald Pleasance is great in this movie, but I think Donald Pleasance is fucking great in anything because the man's an absolute legend. But, like, what I found really fucking weird about this movie was, like, we understand that, obviously, this fucking tube has got the the spirit of the mm-hmm. devil in it. And obviously they talk about like him being the anti-god, which means if there's a, a particle for the anti-god, then there's a particle for the actual god and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't really understand what the plan was. Like, if they get this motherfucker out of his mirror dimension and they put his like shit back in him, then what was his plan? Like, why was he, why, what was he going to be using the people for? Like, was he just like... Hey man, it's a brave new world. I'm just going to take over. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was mostly the plan. Um, that was the bit that I didn't really understand, and the movie didn't really kind of explain. I think it doesn't really. I think I, th- I honestly think the plan was. Uh, yeah. So I need to possess people to get me out of here, and then once that's done, I'm just going to kill everything. Just take start over again. the planet. Scorched Earth, motherfucker! He's just going to start yeah, again. Pretty much. Because like this is the thing as well. Like, why are they making my man seem so evil? Like, also, I mean. It might even not be that. It might be he just he's like possessing them because he just wants to get out and like just stretch his legs. He's been stuck in a mirror dimension, babe. He just wants to go on a walk, smell the flowers, pet some kittens, exploding kittens. No, just normal kittens. Just to pet some kittens. Because you know full well, Satan so would much prefer cats to dogs. Oh, a hundred percent. Like fucking right, he would. Yeah. Like the fucking Egyptians. The Egyptians had it, right? They did. They did. Just fucking cat shit everywhere. Much prefer cats to dogs. I just think he'd find dogs quite annoying. That's not me saying I find dogs annoying. I think dogs are adorable and I love them. But they are also very easily swayed. Whereas cats are quite aloof. Yeah, cats are super loyal, man. And they're also properly dickish. I think he would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
I just like the idea of Lucifer or Satan sat in his like throne room and a cat just meow at the door. Meow. Like six o'clock in the morning. Like, meow. He's like, for fuck's sake. He's like, this bitch. That's what we, that's the way we fucked up. We should have named one of our cats Lucifer. And what's the situation with the possession? Because that's another thing as well. Like, how are these, how, like, I know these motherfuckers are getting possessed because they spend too much time around this like tube. But like, what's with the fucking, the, the like spitting shit? I have no idea, babe. I don't fucking know. Somebody get John Carpenter on the phone right this now. Like, John, is just mate. odd. Like, it's really enjoyable, but there are so many plot points where I'm like, what the fuck? But I have learned by this point that with most horror films, you just accept it. And especially with, like, Carpenter. You take a deep breath, you accept the things that don't make sense, and you just go, sure. How do, how do you think it worked as, like, a mediation on, like, religion and, like, the uh, idea of, like, God I and Satan? I don't think that? it was ever really supposed to, in all honesty. I think it was more just a look at the idea of, like, God and science working together. Yeah. Then, like, being a mediation on good versus evil. Because there's not really a good force. Like, we have the priest, but he's mostly just because they're but they're basically trying to figure out what, exactly what it is so that they yeah. can destroy it <laughs> but i do think it's just a mediation and like the idea of like religion and science like coming together and working together over anything it, else because <clears throat> there's such a massive like the church and science have never particularly got along very well let's well be this honest. is this is the thing that i found interesting about the film was like the fact that like the church found something in the church that they couldn't explain, and they hid it for two thousand years. Fucking imagine that! And then, like, there, there, a fucking immediate thing was like, "Hey, man, we've got to like get the scientists because, as you said, like, religious people of any like walk of life generally don't." believe in science or a lot of them don't believe in science i don't think that they don't believe in science i think that there is like there are certain things that science are quite adamant about yeah and like vice versa disprove parts of religion which i think has always been kind of a it's always rubbed them up the wrong way but not all of them like i have i have uh, have religious friends who are like you know the dinosaurs definitely existed like that's not even in question but then they will say but then god created the dinosaurs and then destroyed them Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's fine. At least you will accept. Like, we have... But, like, I've also had the argument with religious people where they're like, oh, no, it was it was fake. Scientists buried those bones to make us think dinosaurs were real. And I was like, yeah. what kind of fucking conspiracy theory are we living yeah, in? Yeah, because, like, that's the thing, isn't it? Because scientists will always go, we have, like, X amount of proof. Like, a couple of years ago, when they were looking for, like, the fucking God particle of, like, the Higgs boson and all this shit, they were like, yeah, man, like, we have all this, like, thing to believe that, like, there was a big bang and black holes and all this fucking wormhole theory and shit. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, they're, like, you know, scientists and aliens and, like, trying to find new life and all that sort of shit. So it is is fascinating. And I feel like Carpenter did that on purpose. (laughs) He was like... Man, I'm gonna get you motherfuckers it talking. It does blow my mind to some degree because, like I said, like I've had I've had this conversation with friends of mine who are religious, and like like relatively like sensible people and that. And I have had some of them go on it was all fake by science, and I've had other friends go, well, no, like the the most likely thing is that it's God created the Big Bang. Yeah, and I'm like, fine. Do you know what? I can accept that God creating the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Fine. Because it, it, like, it's a chance in a million. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. such a weird thing to have happened to create all of this life that if you can sit there and go, science has proved it's happened, but we don't know why it happened. And, like, I believe my God exists. So more than likely, my God made the Big Bang happen. Yeah. And that's how we end up on Earth. Fine. But it's people who will sit there and say to me, oh, no, it was all, it was fake. But that is kind of like... Science made it all up. And I'm like, I don't think you... But I think that is kind of like the existential question at the heart of this film is like, when you take the horror away from it and you get down to like the scenes in this movie where the scientists and like the religious folks are talking, that is the question of like, the scientists will immediately go, well, here's X, Y, and Z. This is the flashpoint of when like existence happened and it happened because of like this, there was like particles and gas and blah, blah, blah. And it all went pop and boom, you know, you had existence. You can tell we're really good with the science. And then like, 
Hey man, like everything I know about science, I learned from that Big Bang Theory fucking theme tune. Um, and then, but then, but then you get like the religious people that will go because, like, the the one thing with religious people is they've never been able to explain what created God. I like that's the thing for me is like, if you believe God created everything, then what created God? Like, where did God come from? Who is God's maker? Who is God's master? And like, that's the kind of interesting thing for me is like. If if the scientists are right and the Big Bang happened, then God came out of the Big Bang with everybody else. If he didn't and God created everything, then what created God? Like where where was his flashpoint? Uh, see, I understand your argument, but also I do feel like if God does exist, then God just exists. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no like, oh, and so and so created God, and God created this. I think like God just exists. But also, I am a firm believer in there being some kind of higher power. Like, I don't believe in God or any, like, probably what I will refer to as, like, sensible religious ideas. Mm -hmm. But, like, I do feel like there's got to be something. Like, it can't all be... Like, do you realise how slim of a chance it was that the Big Bang actually happened? Yeah. Not that it actually happened, like, it's unproven, but, like, the chance of that actually happening to lead to where we are now is so but then, slim. But then you have to, like, if you believe in, like, creation theory, if you believe that God created, like, Earth as a singular planet with everything that's on it, mm. and you believe that he just came out of thin air or came from wherever he came from, I don't mean to sound disrespectful when I say that, but I'm trying to quantify in my head where he would have come from, then, like, what, like, if there are aliens and if there are other life forms on mars venus uranus jupiter wherever mm. then what is that god what created them well, the thing like, is is the the argument for it is that obviously god god created everything yeah so the entire universe. the entire universe okay but my argument is also is like i, cause I, I will sit there I, I will agree if like if someone will sit there and say well god god made the big bang happen fine that makes perfect sense but also that does imply that there was a previous universe that God was presiding over that he destroyed to create the Big Bang. Or she. Okay, <coughs> then. God is a kid with an ant farm. Yeah. God like, God is God is somebody who left their game of Sims running. Like that's what's happened. He just, they've just gone off for a cup and keeps, left their game of Sims play. Just keeps hard resetting. Four people have jumped yeah. into a swimming pool and forgot to cl- haven't figured out how to just, climb out. Someone set the baby on fire in the shed. He's, like, God's God's the kind of person that doesn't have a memory card for his games console, so he gets so far into it and he gets bored, and he has no save game progress, so he has to just start the game all over again. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's mental that we're having this conversation from this film. But like this, these there there are questions that this movie does raise, and it's because of the characters. Like when they see that thing, the scientists immediately go, "That is from science. We need to figure out what it is. It could be dangerous." And the fucking priest like. No nah, man, there's like a, there's like some, there's like, some, there's like my, my, my dude gave this to us, like you know what I mean? But like, well, no, because the priest is quite adamant that it's not a godly gift. Yeah, but he's like, it's other. He, what I mean is, he doesn't believe it's scientific. He believes it's otherworldly. He believes he's like proven correct. Yeah, he believes it's, he believes it's an unnatural force, yeah. but like not in a not in a way of you would look at a nuclear bomb and go, that's fucking unnatural. He's like, oh no, nah, man, like fucking Satan. Like he's like, the devil did that. Like. Yeah. Um, like the belief that the devil put dinosaurs here, but that's a whole entirely different situation entirely. Anyway, like with um, yeah, basically. If he did, it's a great practical joke. Yeah, I, I, t- I doff my hat. And there is because there's an Alice in Chains record called De- the, "The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here," and like it is from a scientific study that believes that like God. Well, I wouldn't call that. A well, not a scientific study, study. But, it's, but it's from like a it's from like a paper or something. That the, the the belief is that the devil put dinosaurs or like at least the existence of dinosaurs on Earth to, like, fuck with people. Oh, my God, that is the greatest practical joke ever. But anyway, um, so outside of the obvious and the the things about this movie that we did cover, Mm -hmm. like, was there anything about this movie that you didn't really like, that you didn't, that didn't connect with you? No, you know what? It was overall really fucking fun. I wouldn't call this movie fun, but it is... Oh, no, it's fun. It's certainly, like, one of car... Like... One of Carpenter's like wildest swings. I I, I really, I honestly thought it was a really fun film. Like it really was. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. But just, just quickly on a last note on the whole Satan put dinosaurs on, on the earth. If that is true, 
then I would really quite enjoy. I feel like hell would probably be quite fun. If this is the level of practical jokes that Satan is pulling. Mate, could you just imagine, like, Satan riding around on a T-Rex? Like, what up, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. See? And then they, they, they're all like, you don't want to go to hell? It's so bad. But also, Satan did play one of the greatest practical jokes known to me. Well, mate, did you like, hear that you're fucking... You're really not selling this to me, you know? I think we've had this conversation a few weeks back. But did you hear about that fucking geezer who apparently oh, died? Oh, went like, to hell. He, they just played, like, <laughs> Rih- Rihanna songs to him. Like... It, was a, it was like someone from the church. Or yeah. Like, and literally, I remember everyone being like, if, if that's the case, why did you go to hell? Yeah. Do we need to look at that more importantly than Satan using he's like, Rihanna to torture people? He's like, he's like, never mind, guys. Don't look at my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is mental. Like, it is mental. Like, what people describe as hell. But I was like, the problem with hell is there's like different levels. Yeah, well, like, allegedly, allegedly, it's the seven circles. And I'm there. just like, for me personally, I'm like, is there like a circle of this stuff? Like, where I can just sit and listen to, like, Phoebe Bridges for, like, every day. Well, this is the thing that makes, just, like, makes me laugh. is like, because I, I have been told before, because I don't practice religion in any shape or form, I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, and everybody, irregardless of what they've done in their life, they are not religious, go to hell, then hell has got to be fucking a party. Because I've never done anything particularly cruel in my life. Like, all in all, like, I'm a pretty good person. I'm just not religious. See, I kind of envision hell or, like, certain circles of hell. Like, you know when you get on the fucking tube or the subway on a really really hot day and someone's got their arm up and they've got deodorant on and your face is kind of buried in someone's sweaty armpit because you're shoulder to shoulder. That's kind of how I envision hell. It's like, it's not horrible, but it's kind of super uncomfortable. Like, you don't... It's kind of like... It's kind of like that work day. You know, like when you go, everyone has that day. See, I do find it quite interesting because also, uh, to be very clear, I don't actually believe in heaven or hell. Yeah. But like, you know, so... you know like when you when you go into the office and everyone has that one person in the office that just doesn't shut the fuck up and you're just like, I just want to do my work and you've got that one it's fucking me. irritating... <laughs> I am that person. Irritating fucking person that just won't leave you alone. Like, you're like, you're like, this isn't the worst situation I could be in. But I'm really uncomfortable and I just want to go home. I know exactly which person that is. Yeah, so I don't imagine hell to be a bad place, but I imagine it to be just like a mildly irritating place. I think it depends on why you're in hell as well. Yeah, I mean, I would, like, I'm I'm a little bit of a prick. I'd probably be in hell for just, like, being a dickhead. No, but do you know what I mean? Like, people will say, like, it's the tiniest things, but in all honesty, I do I'd probably be, like, a level two or level one or level two hell guy, I reckon. I do feel like... And this is just my personal belief. If God does in fact exist, I really do feel like he wouldn't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, as long as you live your life and you're not an outrageous prick, you're not causing harm to others, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason. Also, can you get kicked out of heaven? Like, yeah. if you died and went to heaven and then you were just like, oh, fuck this man. Like, could they, could they boot you, do you reckon? Probably. I mean, we should probably ask Lou. <laughs> there's a... Oh, my God. So, there's a YouTube, uh, YouTuber. She's on Instagram, which is where I follow her, Stanzi. And she does the video where, where basically it's like heaven and hell. And she plays both Satan and God. But they're like... I mean, they have phone conversations with each other. Like, during the... It's, it's, it's funny. And I'm like, that's kind of how I imagine it being. It's just like... Little phone calls between the two of them. Why are you making it sound like good omens? <laughs> a little bit. But also in Stanzi's version, uh, all of the gays go to heaven, which I really like. So I guess like one of my final questions regarding this movie. <laughs> You're like, let's let's I, get back on track. Power Rangers religion. That I have for you is, yeah. Obviously, John Carpenter, big man John, refers to this, the thing, and like in the mouth of madness. Yes. As like a loose trilogy, his apocalypse trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you've seen all three movies, like, how do you think, like, they... Obviously, they're all completely different movies, but do you see, like, any kind of thematic link to them? Like, can you see why they're regarded as a trilogy? I mean, I feel like it's one of those, they're a very loose trilogy, in that they could all explain this, explore the same thing of, like, what if the apocalypse happened? How would the apocalypse come about? 
Um, but like, if I didn't go into it knowing that it was like a loosely connected trilogy, I wouldn't have put the three films together in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like, There's... other than the apocalypse, they don't really have anything. Like, I think Prince of Darkness has more in common with the thing because it's about an entity. And then it's about the possession of people via an entity. Yeah, like, but no. so is in the Mouth of Madness. And so this is cool. that, well, that's the kind of thing that I was because I don't really remember much about in the Mouth of Madness, and I was that's why I was going to ask you was that is that there is some kind of possession in that, isn't there? Yeah. So you saw a cane. Do you read saw a cane? I do not. Um, Listen to an audio. Possesses yeah. people through the books. Okay. Or the being pretending to be saw a cane, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know how it works, but yeah, kind of because he he drives people insane through his books. Yeah, because I I've only seen in the Mouth of Madness that one time we watched it for the podcast, mm. and that was like two yeah about two years ago mm. we covered it. So I kind of had forgotten large chunks of that movie, and obviously I, we we watched the thing last week, and we watched Prince of Darkness like a couple of hours ago. So I was kind of like, yeah, I think I think the over sensing, I think the over arcing thing of like this is how the apocalypse would go down. Like, it having some kind of, like, cosmic uh, monster at the heartbeat of each film kind of also lends to that kind of, like, hey, man, like, cosmic shit's going down, the shit's about to hit the fan, like, what mm. are we all going to do? You should probably start reckoning with, like, your maker and getting your, like, calm, karmic balance in order. But, yeah, I don't think, realistically, the films are connected. And, like, I get why Carpenter went, yeah, man, these are all kind of a loose trilogy, but, like... Not really, like it. It doesn't really hold uh, for me. I don't think there's enough thematic glue that holds the three of them together. Absolute bangers, all three of them in their own right. They're all th- three banging films. I just don't think they need the albatross of being like tied together. No. Um, but then I'm never gonna argue with John Carpenter. Like that man could tell me it's fucking raining when it's like not, and I would believe him because mm-hmm. I just don't want to argue with the dude. <clears throat> um. So. We are now reaching the end of the episode. Um, what are your final thoughts on Prince of Darkness? And could you give me a score, please? This movie's batshit insane. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's batshit insane. In all honesty, it's a really, it's been a really difficult. I I know we have gone off point a lot tonight, but like this is a really difficult film to talk about because it is just fucking weird. Um. The acting's really good. I like the practical effects. Fuck where Pound they Land Tom Atkins forever, though. Um, yeah, it was just really strange. Uh, School-wise, though, I'll give it a four. Yeah, I think it's a really evocative film. Like you said, it is a very strange film, but it is like it is one of those movies that kind of like you can almost taste. If that makes sense, mm. you know, like when you, you know, like when you watch a movie and it's so grimy and it's so like uncomfortable that you kind of almost, like every time Alice Cooper appears on screen, you can kind of almost taste how he smells. Like you know, that's a weird sentence for me to say, but like it's one of those movies that definitely gets like inside your bones a little bit, and like I think it's one of Carpenter's best directed movies. Like it's not a huge out there special effects spectacular. It's quite a low key film. He keeps a really weird sense of dread throughout. And, like, I'm just... I'm very impressed with how, like, a movie that never shows you Satan keeps the interest in him, like, all the way through. Mm. So, yeah, I would probably agree with you. I'd probably give it a four out of five. I think it's an incredibly well-acted movie. I think it's incredibly, like, slow-burning but suspenseful. And I was very uncomfortable watching it. Um, and big up WrestleMania for introducing Alice Cooper and John Carpenter and letting them work together on a movie. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's our thoughts on uh, The Prince of Darkness, also religion and the Power Rangers movie. Um, join us next week where we will be talking about John Carpenter's The Fog. Um, another movie that Lee hasn't seen, but I have. So this will be kind of super interesting to see uh, what where she lands on this one. So, yeah, we'll be back next monday with a look at the fog we will also be back before that this friday with our crossing the stream for this month as we will be covering the netflix original no one gets out alive so join us on friday for that new episode as always guys thank you so much for your continued support um find us on social media s-i-m-a-h-f pod on twitter so i'm a horror fan all lowercase all one word on tumblr and instagram 
with the algorithms being as they are, make sure you get the notifications on and make sure you uh, are following us on your chosen platform of choice for your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Um, and as I say, stay spooky, guys. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.